0: Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. So today, I really feel like that this has been something that's stirring me for about six weeks. Uh, Just because we're here, just because we're a believer, just because we're bearing fruit, some fruit in our lives, doesn't necessarily mean we're healthy. Come on. Uh, how many know that that, grow, that all growth is not healthy growth? Right? Sometimes you have something growing in your shower, right, called mildew, right, or mold. Those aren't, that's not healthy growth, right? Come on. And so just because you see some things changing in your life, listen, sometimes the promotion at work isn't healthy growth. I'll just be honest with you. Sometimes the growth in a relationship that's not of God is not healthy growth. Let me say that again. Sometimes you could be growing in a relationship with someone that you're unequally yoked with. That doesn't mean that you're healthy. Come on. Not everything that grows is healthy. And so... Um, but we we do want to grow in our relationships. We do want to have that. And healthy things do grow. And it's important to remember that. But I believe that God is making us a strong, fruitful orchard. I believe that the, this community and who, and who we are, the community of the body of Christ, that God is making us a strong, fruitful orchard. Trees in the body of Christ that are fruitful, that are providing shade for nations. God is making us that type of tree. Check this out. Isaiah 61, verse 3 says, To provide for those who grieve and Zion. I love this. This is talking about the anointing of Jesus. This is what Jesus came for, to provide for those who grieve, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning. Come on. A garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. You know how to get rid of the spirit of despair? You put on the garment of praise. You stop thinking about what's negative in your life. You start thinking about the Lord and things that are worthy of your praise. Um, and then it says this, they will be called oaks. Everybody say oaks. Now, oaks are strong trees, right? We think about oaks. We think, man, an oak, that's a, like, if I asked you, like, what's a strong tree? You would go, uh, maybe an oak. You might say that because in our mind, we think oak trees, oak wood. Oak oak is good wood. Why? Because so, so scripture calls us this, says this, 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 they will be called oaks of righteousness, solid stability, oaks of righteousness, planted in the house of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Now we talked about this in week one, that the fruit is for God. God's a gardener, God's a farmer, God's a, a vine dresser, and God wants fruit in our lives, but the fruit isn't necessarily for us. We benefit from it, but it's really for God right? And so God is making us and building us an orchard of righteous oaks to bring him glory, to bring him honor. So whenever he looks at us, he goes, "Man, look how solid they are." Are you with me? Now, certain, and we all know, man, it, it takes it takes a lifetime to become an oak of righteousness, right? It might start off as a little seed. It might be a little tree in the beginning, but as it grows, God is saying, I'm building oaks, strong, sturdy trees of righteousness. So check this out. I've got a couple more verses, and we're going to dig into kind of some points here. Uh, Psalms chapter 1, verse 1, many of us have heard this. Blessed are those, is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit. In the seat of mockers, sit, stand, walk. what is that? life, right he's talking about life here, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Think of the law in New Testament thinking what we think about, we think about the ways of God. Are you guys with me on that? So how do we read that through the lens of the New Testament? But his delight is in the ways of the Lord, the thoughts of the Lord, and on his ways we meditate day and night. and it says it's about the righteous. It says this. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. Now, if you study that, where it says in season, some translations have messed it up, and they say in in each season or in its season. But really, the the proper translation here is every season. So it says this. He says, which yields its fruit in every season, and whose leaf does not wither. Everybody say evergreen evergreen. Whatever he does, prospers. What's it talking about? It's talking about fruit, that you would bear fruit in your life, in every season you would be green. Jeremiah chapter 17, in case one one scripture wasn't enough for you, check this out. Blessed are those, Jeremiah seventeen seven. blessed are those who trust in the Lord. How many of y'all trusted in the Lord? You trusted the Lord for salvation, maybe you're trusting the Lord uh, for or something in your life, but you 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 trust the Lord. You have faith in the Lord, and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. It says this about you. Are you ready? This is what Scripture says about you. If you trust the Lord, who trusts the Lord? This is what scriptures say about you. They are trees planted along the riverbank. It's very important. The riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees. This is you. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Such trees are not bothered by heat or worried about long months of drought. Their leaves stay green. Evergreen. And they never, ever Never stop producing fruit. See, God didn't call you to bear fruit in season and out of season. No, he called you to bear fruit continually. He put that in you. This is what righteous oaks do. They produce fruit in season and out of season. See, when we're rooted, when we're rooted next to the stream, we, we, we are healthy. And when we are rooted and we are healthy, number one, we are not bothered by heat. We are not bothered by heat. How many of y'all are bothered by the heat on July 26th this morning? How many of y'all are? I June. We will be even more in July, just to warn you. We will be in the physical, we will be bothered by the heat. We will stay inside. We will hope our AC is working in our car. We hope we have a very comfortable summer. Why? Because heat bothers us. But it says this. Now, I, I don't believe he's talking about the heat outside, but I think he's talking about the temperature of the age. How many of you know that we live in a society that is putting the heat on? Come on. We live in a culture that is especially towards Christianity, especially towards the body of Christ. The heat is on. But it says this, that we will not be moved by the environment of the age. We are not bothered by the heat. You know, it's crazy to me how so many people put so much investment, energy investment into the economic situation. And to the social situation, according to the political situation. You know, it's interesting this time of the year. You know, social media, one of the frustrating things that it does is it gives everybody a platform. People that won't have that opinion when you talk to them face to face, they have this opinion on social media. How many of you don't know what I'm talking about? And so what, what becomes is social media becomes people's complaint forum. Right, And so what happens is we see a lot of believers that are bothered by the heat. Oh, what's going to happen if so-and-so is in prison? Oh, what's going to happen if this person is in prison? You know what? If you're righteous, you're not bothered by the heat. It's not saying that we don't pray for those things. It's not saying that, that those things won't affect our, maybe our family life or our day-to-day life. But we're not bothered by heat. Can I tell you that America could become a communist country next week, but the righteous will endure. Why? Because the righteous are rooted. We're not bothered by heat. So the climate doesn't dictate your fruit. What dictates your fruit is how deep are your roots. You know, it'd be amazing how much influence we would have in this age, if we would spend our energy focused less on the heat of the environment and how difficult it is and being opinionated and all this. What if we spent that energy before God? What if we spent that energy before God praying and declaring? Come on. Being absorbed in his presence. The second thing about those that are rooted and healthy is they're not worried by drought. They're not worried by drought. See, a tree that is planted by the river is not dependent upon the rain. Did you hear me? A tree that is planted by the river is not dependent upon the rain. We like the rain. When I I speak of rain, what do I I think of? I think of a sovereign move of God. I think of revival. Are you with me? We love revival here. We believe in a revival. We believe revival is here. We believe revival is coming. We believe the day of the Lord is now, and we believe the day of the Lord is coming. We believe that. But listen, our spiritual stability is not dependent upon what happens in the revival circuit in America. We're not, we're, we, listen, we're not rooted in a moment. We're rooted to a man. Are you with me? And so don't think that, hey, I'll get everything. When God comes, when the stirring of the Spirit comes, when a revival hits my family, when a revival hits my nation, then I'll get healthy. No, 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 no. That's not the way these oaks work. We are rooted by the river. We're not depending upon what falls. We're depending on what flows. We're not desert dwellers anymore. See, this is what the children of Israel did. They spent all this time... Wandering around the desert. What were they doing? They weren't rooted. They were just moving around place to place. Let's go over here. Let's go over there. Let's go up. What's going to come from the sky today that we can eat? But when we move into promise, come on, we're we're not living in a land anymore, depending on what falls, manna, what is it? We don't even know what it is, but we're dependent upon it for our nourishment. We don't live by what falls. We live on what flows, the land flowing with milk and honey. Many of you are wandering around, waiting for a good rain to be healthy. Lord, if you would just show up, I would be healthy. And you know what the Lord is saying? If you would grow your roots, you would be healthy. Because I'm right here. There's a river. You're along the river. Get your roots closer to the river. Many of you are wandering around waiting for a good rain to get healthy, an event to happen so you can get healthy. We're not desert dwellers. We are people planted and promised. Now, listen a good rain might make you healthy, but it won't keep you healthy. Come on, we can come in here and you can be discouraged, you can be going through a dark season in your life. Whatever it is, your walk with the Lord's not good. We can pray over you, and in a minute, you can become healthy. Right? But if you want sustained health, you can't live off that moment. Are you with me? You can't live. That moment might be a marker in your life, but you can't reference three years from now and go, oh, it's because that moment I have. How many of you know that that's today's manna, and today's manna goes bad tomorrow? That's the bad thing about what falls. We don't live from what falls because what falls is dead tomorrow. It's no good tomorrow. But we are planted next to this river that flows, and we always have health. We always have nourishment. It just depends on the depth of our roots. So our health is not dictated by the strength of a season, but by the depth of our root. A good rain might get you healthy, but it won't keep you healthy. It's like going to the gym. I don't do that, but some of y'all do. Going to the gym one time is not going to make you healthy. Dieting one day is not going to make you lose weight. Dang it. I don't know if you're like me, but my diet starts every Monday. It's usually gone and done by Tuesday. I'm not going to lose weight by dieting one day a week. Or one day for the rest of my life. I'm not going to get healthy that way. Health requires rootedness. See, well-rooted trees are healthy trees. Everybody say, I want to be healthy. Now, Psalm 92, verse 12. I love this. This is one of my favorite passages. It says, the righteous will flourish. Everybody say, flourish. Flourish like a palm tree, they will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, of Lebanon, planted where? In the house of the Lord, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God, and they will, check this out, they will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. That word flourish means to bloom, to produce fruit, to produce oil, to produce a fragrance to be fruitful. God wants you fruitful, but in order for you to be fruitful, you have to be well-established. You have to be well-rooted. Remember this? We talked about this week one, Mark chapter four. Jesus is talking about the sower and the seed. You guys remember that? And he says this, verse 16, other seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and receive it with great joy. Right? But since they have no root, they last only a short time. This is exactly why we go through these seasons in our life to where we're hot for God and then we're not hot for God. I'm serving God, baby. I'm, I'm, my fire's burning. I'm so going after God. It's over, man. i am crossed the line. I'm going three weeks later. Hmm. Waiting for what? The next rain. Listen, I love experiences. I love the movement that that can come and bring a... It's refreshing. It's awesome. It's great. But we don't live by what falls. We live by this river that's accessible to me every day. So we've got to be well-rooted if we want to be healthy. Because if you're only getting rainwater, come on it might not rain for 3 or 4 years they're not bothered by drought how do you live a life that's not bothered by, bothered by drought you get your roots deep in the river and you will be fruitful so what what are we talking about here what are we rooting into number 1 is his presence i say his presence what we're, when it talks about the courts of God, when it talks about the presence of God, when it talks about God's temple, which we're rooted into, what we're talking about is the presence of God. We're talking about a life that's devoted to God's presence. We're not, we're, listen, that's totally different than being devoted to an experience. Are you guys with me? This happened to me years ago. This is great. Awesome. Awesome. We love that. We love having these markers in our life. But we're not devoted to a moment. We're devoted to a man. We're devoted to his presence. That means that you have a prayer life. That means that you have a worship life outside of what happens here on Sunday morning. I like to think of it this way. Sunday morning is where we have family time, and we come together, and we eat a big meal together. But during the week, if you don't eat, you're going to be malnourished. You're not going to be healthy. Come on. You need to have deep roots. Listen, if the only time you're ever worshiping God is on a Sunday morning, then you don't value his presence. You're not rooted next to the river. What about the word? Are you ever in the word? How devoted, how committed are you to, you, to his presence? Well, one of the things that we see in Scripture over and over again is we see a contrast, we see an illustration to God's presence to a river, to water. All right, There's a contrast, this is a a, a great analogy that we have throughout Scripture. So normally when you see river, when you see water, you can think Holy Spirit, you can think God's presence, you can think God showed up, the refreshing it brings, and being right there, there's life in it. Now, in the Garden of Eden... There were all these, if you guys read, read the creation story, you'll see that there were these four rivers, right? One of those rivers was called uh, Gihon. And Gihon was a, was, a, was a river that meant gushing fountain. So it was this really strong, powerful river. In fact, David's temple was very close proximity to it. Solomon's temple, very close in proximity to this Gihon river or this spring. And so what happened is the whole city of David, Jerusalem was built around the Gihon River. Are you following with me? Now, listen, some people, listen, this is crazy. Some people believe that the actual place of the temple is, was on top of the Gihon Spring, that it actually flowed Underneath the temple, some archaeologists agree and, and argue, and there's some debate on this. But we do know that at least it was close proximity. And what would happen is they would go through and they would dig tunnels throughout the city. They would they would build pools in the city. And what was it fed by? It was all, all fed by Gihon. So the Gihon River is very key. Listen, check this out about the Gihon River. It was loaded with minerals, lots of potassium, magnesium. Mag, uh, magnesium healthy elements that make spring water helpful to drink and grow gardens from the minerals in the water this fed the king's garden now now we know for sure that scripture says that there was a threshing floor that Solomon's temple that was built upon right well the water from Gihon was was such a prime water. This is why they used it, because it was great for bearing fruit, for vines. It was also good for threshing thresh, threshing areas. And so they had this water source, and it had all these nutrients, all these things in it. And then it, it has a, a, a uh, an element in it called boron. And boron is, it, it actually, if you have a mineral water and you drink mineral water that has boron in it, then it actually has anti-aging properties to it. Are you with me? It has these anti-aging properties. In fact, it's it's really good for the bones and, and uh, what do you call it, uh, arthritis. Remember the scripture it said they will stay fresh and green even in old age. Listen, when we drink from this river, it brings life. I believe this. I believe that you start drinking from that river, people are going to start coming up to you and saying, you look so good for your age. How many of you have ever not got it? You, when you're unhealthy, when we talk about health, we're really talking about spiritual health. But you're unhealthy spiritually. You know that people can see it on your face. They can tell. They can tell when you've been drinking from the river. And we want to be around people, right, that drink from the river, not from some stagnant pool that had life in it 50 years ago. Come on. But we know. We get around those people. What do we want to do? We want to be around them. Why? Because we go where life is. Now, the word gihon actually means a gushing fountain, a gushing fountain. What did Jesus say? Check this out. Anyone who believes in me, this is is why we are called overflow. Anyone who believes in me will come and drink for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from within. Where is the Holy Spirit? He's inside of you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God, listen. There is a river inside of you. Full of minerals, full of things that benefit you spiritually. Drink. Drink deep. You're rooted next to that river. Grow your roots. Develop a relationship with His presence, with the Holy Spirit in your life. So the first thing that we're rooted to is His presence. Number two, we're rooted in His purposes. Now, how many you know that the temple has a purpose? It wasn't just a building. Hey, we got a building here. Great. No, no, the temple has a purpose. You guys remember, um, and this is very connected to your assignment, by the way. Let me just say this that it's very connected to your assignment. Now, how many know that God has this purpose on the earth? We go, God, what's your plan for me? God, what's your plan for my life? God, what's your plan for my life? He said, listen, if you will make my plans your plans. Now, stop thinking. If you'll get in on the global plan of God, then you're going to see that God has a plan for you, an assignment inside his big plan. Really, the purpose of every believer is really the same, to increase God's government on the earth. That's the plan of God for every believer, to see people get saved, come into the kingdom, to advance the kingdom through your life. Are you with me? That is God's purpose for all of us. But inside of that, we have a specific assignment. Are you with me? There's things that you do to contribute to the big purpose of God. Now, when you make the big purpose of God your purpose in life, then he makes sure that your life will line up and you will find fulfillment. You'll find joy in that. God makes sure that that all works together into his plan. The problem is whenever we say, this is what I want to do, God, would you bless it? And he's going, that's not not where I'm at. That's not what I'm doing. Get into what God's doing, and you'll see his purposes start unfolding in your life. You guys remember Jonah, that story about Jonah, who ran from his assignment? You guys remember the story of Jonah? Did you know this? Listen. It says this in Jonah chapter 1, verse 3, that when Jonah left his assignment, check this out, it says he left God's presence. Can I tell you that your assignment is very connected to your relationship with him. I know we don't like to hear this because some of us got things that we know that God's called us to do and we've kind of drifted from that. In fact, the word presence in scripture, there's, there's not really a great, in, in, the old, in the Old Testament, in Hebrew, there's not a great word for presence as translate. The best way to translate the word presence is Face. So, when Jonah left his assignment, guess what else he left? God's face. He said, I don't want to be in a relationship with, because God's saying, I'm over here. I'm right here. And he's going, Well, I want to root over there by that river. And I want to root over here by this spring. And God's saying, This is your assignment. Will you plant yourself here? Because this is where I am. Y'all all right? When we abandon God's assignment on our life, we uproot exposure to our, we, we uproot our root system and we get unhealthy. And can I tell you, this happens fast. I've seen people do it all, God tells somebody to do something and then all of a sudden an opportunity comes along. God's like, this is what I've called you to do. This is your direct assignment to fulfill my purpose on the earth. This is your assignment. And we go, hmm, I would rather do something else. And you know how long it takes you to get unhealthy? A minute. Because then all of a sudden you're uprooted from the thing that God designed you for. And now you're bothered by drought. Now you're bothered by the heat. And God's saying, would you just root into what I called you to do? I have a purpose for you. The reason why God saved... Listen, we're not saved by good works. We're saved for good works. Are you with me? God, you are His workmanship. God wants to put you to work. You're not saved by that. You're saved for that. You're saved for the assignment. God called you... Listen, God didn't just... Say, hey, I just love Benny so much. He's just such a cool guy. He's so neat. I just want to be around him. So I'm just going to save him just so I can have him. He didn't save you to put you in a closet somewhere on a shelf. No, he saves you because he has a purpose for you. The fact that, you're, that you said yes to Jesus, the fact that, that God called your name and you responded, the, that very fact reveals that God has an assignment for you. So don't go try to do something else. Well, that's harder than this. I can do this easier. I can make more money. You can. But understand that that's not the blessing of the Lord. Don't, don't think just because there's more money that it's God's plan. Well, how do I know God's plan? You get connected. You live in that face-to-face relationship. You won't miss it. Well, I, I'm, I'm searching it out. I'm searching out. You search out the Lord, and he'll show you his ways. You follow his ways and you won't get outside of his will. Number three. Number one, his presence. Number two, his purpose. And number three, his people. His people. Part of the soil that we are planted in is this thing called family. This is our environment. This is our spiritual family. I, I was healthy, unhealthy as a, as a follower of Christ for a long time because I was not well connected to other believers. And then all of a sudden, I noticed that I was more bothered by drought. I was more bothered by heat. Why? Because I wasn't connected to a family. Listen, spiritual family is a priority for you. This is what happened. When they came to the temple, what did they do? They gathered together. There's people there, there's a community there, they're serving together there. Listen, you need this is why it's so important, whether it's here at Overflow or whether it's somewhere else, it is vital that you get rooted into a healthy church. And you don't just attend the national average, which is like one time every six weeks. That's considered a regular attender. Don't be a regular attender. Be a devoted follower. <laughs> Come on. And do family together. Church isn't hard to be committed to when you do when it's family. Come on. More than entertaining, it, it, when I talk about a healthy church, I don't want to talk about a church that just has a lot of money, a big budget, that's real entertaining or simply active. When I say rooted, I, I don't mean that you just show up, but that we get connected, that we have relationship. Are you with me? This is why it's so important for you not to just show up and you know kind of catch in on service and kind of sneak out. No, 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 you need the people in this room. I need the people in this room. To carry out God's purposes, we need spiritual family. And this is why we talk so much. We highly value relationship. We highly, and even though it's sometimes, you know, when, when somebody's new and they first get, it's always a little bit awkward. But we know, man, it's so important to be doing life with them. So when I'm discouraged, they're, they're, they're a tree that I can get shade under. Come on, are you with me? Someone that could be there to help me, to, to kind of help me search out what's going on in my life. This is why corporate gatherings are so crucial to us. Because it's so important. It's not a luxury. I, um, we've been sharing... Uh, I have been invited to a youth camp in town, a youth for the nations, and we've been doing these prophetic se- sessions on Thursdays where we're declaring these things over these uh, youth pastors and it's just been awesome that I get to kind of function like not as the pastor, you know, but I get to just kind of come in and just that what's God say, let's go. And so we've been doing these sessions and this past Thursday, God gave me a very specific word towards all those leaders, but I don't believe it's just to all those leaders, I believe it's to everybody in the body of Christ that, that this thing that we call community, doing life together, is not a luxury. It's a necessity. It's a necessity. We will live or die by the people that we are doing life with. You watch. You watch someone that disconnects from the body of Christ and go connects with the world, and you watch the fruit in their life. Just watch. All you got to do is look. I can tell you right now, if you, by the fruit that's in your life, I can tell you whether you're around the right people or the wrong people. Because when you're around the right people, they stir into you the right things. And listen, you're going to a job for eight hours a day with people that are not on the same spiritual journey that you are in, and you think that 90 minutes on a Sunday morning is going to be enough for you to be well-rooted? Come on. Now listen, I'm not talking about extra events that the, that the church is doing. I'm talking about going over to one another's houses and hanging out and eating dinner or going and playing golf if you do golf. Or go fishing. Just get around one another. Get around one another. Come on. Look at your neighbor and say, get around me. Let's hang out. Listen, family. Listen to this. Family is what makes home. It's not a location. Your home isn't the building. Overflow is not this building. Overflow are these people. We're family. We're home. We all get on each other's nerves sometimes. Because that's what family does. But we don't break fellowship because we're family. Right? Y'all okay? Rooted implies established. And this is why I always caution myself with people that are like, "Well, I'm part of this community, and 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 I'm I'm tied in here, and I'm tied in there. I'll go here for a while, and then I'll go unrooted. Well, we've been we we're going there for a couple years, and now we're going here for a couple of years. Listen, you need to find a church that you can be, whether it's Overflow or somewhere else, that you can spend the rest of your life with. Or unless God says I want to transplant you here." Are you with me? I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with leaving a church, but you need to find family—people that you're devoted to, people that are your family. How many know when your fa- family is forever? I don't get to say Micah Brown is not my brother anymore. I don't get to say that he will always be my brother. Will always be family. Come on, how many know that that's healthy? Or, or you're not—you fa- didn't behave a certain way, so you're not family anymore. Come on. You didn't post throughout Facebook, so we're not family anymore. You offended me. We're not family anymore. We had an argument. You're not, that's not the way family works. In fact, the strength of a family has shown how we can handle conflict, how we can handle disagreement. Can we navigate through it, or do we have to uproot and go somewhere else? Listen, if you uproot every time you got offended, you have a problem. That is an orphan spirit. Orphans have no home. It's a vagabond wondering, well, just, I'm going to be real honest with y'all. Y'all okay with that? Not that I, yeah, I'm going to finally be honest with the whole 35 minutes I've been talking. When we came out, when we planted overflow in our living room, the last thing that I wanted to do was plant a church. But if I wouldn't have planted a church, I would have turned from God's face. I mean, no, because that's what he was calling me to do. And, man, we were stressed out. We were like, what are we going to do, man? Uh, gosh, what are we going to do for money? How, how are we going to raise our kids? We're going to be in a city we don't really know anybody. All this kind of stuff. And and I'll be honest with you. I, I had looked for a long time, for probably about the first two years that we that our church was going. I was hoping, well, maybe there's a, another church we can merge with. And, you know, maybe we'll get some people. And, you know, maybe all this. Or maybe someone will come. And in my mind, I thought, well, what if somebody comes and offers me a pastor position somewhere else. That was in my mind. I ain't gonna lie. Cause I was like, man, I, I want the comfort of not having to work my butt off all week so I can do what God's called me to do. You know? And uh, just have one focus. And I'll just be honest with you, man, that, that was in the back of my mind for a long time. And I felt like the Lord had been telling me, Josh, you need to sell out to this, there are no other options. And we would tell people, man, we're going to do it forever. We would tell people, but in the back of my mind, I was like, man, I just don't know, man. Like, you know, something better comes along. Maybe somebody will come. I mean, I was scared. Listen, I'll be honest with you. I was scared that I might get offered a full-time pastor position somewhere with an established church. I was scared that that would happen because I was afraid in some ways that I would take it. And I knew that wasn't my assignment. Last fall, there was a pastor friend of mine. And uh, and he resigned, and there was a position. And I put a fleece out before the Lord. I said, Lord, if they call me and ask me about this, I'll check it out. And guess what happened? They called me. And dude, I got all freaked out. I was like, man, is this, you know, I told the Lord this is the fleece I put out and i really felt like at that moment god was saying are you going to wait for something better to come along or are you going to be rooted in what i've called you to do and i believe that i believe in that moment i don't care what anybody says i believe god was testing me how bad do you really want to do fulfill my purposes on the earth do you want and did you know that that was the time that we started seeing significant growth in our church now i didn't tell anybody about it not until right now i told leslie about it that was it Why? Because I was not rooted in my assignment. Listen, some of you, listen real quick, I'm almost done. You know really what that was? Let me tell you what that was. That was an orphan spirit saying, my daddy doesn't take good care of me where I'm at, that I need to go somewhere else to be taken care of. Are you with me? I said, God, that's it. At that moment, I said, that's it. Until God specifically says, go. I, I'm doing this forever. I'm doing this forever. And it's been hard. It's been more pleasurable than I've ever experienced. It's, it's been hard. It's been difficult. All these things. It was funny. We were, that same time, we were looking at a building that fell through. It didn't work out. All these things. Were, it was lining up. It was like, it could be the Lord. It could be the Lord. It could be the Lord. And God is like, what did I tell you to do? And I said, Okay. You told me to this, I'm no longer looking for options. I'm no longer looking, well, if this doesn't work out, I'll go with this other thing. Some of you are not seeing any lasting fruit simply because you are not rooted in the ground that God gave you. Only sporadic seasons because you are not rooted well. So I encourage you, change your mind. Stop changing your mind on this now and say, Jesus, that's it. I'm selling everything I have and buying the field. You guys remember that? Jesus talked about that, about buying the field, that a man found a great treasure in a field. You guys remember that? A pearl of great price. And he said, I can't afford the pearl. And he's like, that's right, you can't afford the pearl. But if I sell everything I have to get this field, I'll buy the field and I'll get the treasure. How many you know that you've got to buy the field to get the treasure? And sometimes in the field, there's weeds. You got to mow the lawn. There's a lot of work that goes into it. But can I tell you today, there is a great treasure in the field. Sell out to it. The fruit's coming, but you got to sell out. You got to say, that's it. I'm rooted here. Again, this is not a. This is not a commercial for Overflow Church. You find a place you get healthy in, and you just tie in. You stop being back and forth. You find out you're a summit. God, this is what you call me to do. No more options. This is what I'm doing. And you sell out to that until God says, do something else. And if he never does, you're okay with that. And I've wrestled with that. Well, what if our church doesn't grow above 50 people within a couple of years? Would I sell out then? Nope. I'm doing it forever until God says, you're done. Will you join me and say, man, of God, I'm going to sell out and I'm going to root deep. I'm going to root deep. And that might be here. Listen, that community might be here. That assignment might be here. Why are you talk about community? Because when you're in community, you can fulfill your assignment because the people that God connects you with help you fulfill your assignment.